Welcome back to All the Fly Kids Show. This is episode 13, Painted Black. I'm calling this episode Painted Black. Uh, today, we have an artist, an educator, a very, 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 very talented individual um, who I learned of, what, like uh, about seven years ago now it's been, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, about seven years ago. Um, but nonetheless, glad we got him in here. We have Mr. Charles Jean Pierre. Yes, yes. Thank you for coming in, sir. Appreciate the invite. Appreciate you coming. Um, so we're gonna jump right into it. Tell the people where does Charles Jean Pierre hail? Uh, I hail from um, Harvey, Illinois. It's about two minutes south of Chicago. Um, by way of Haiti, um, I find it real interesting. Like when you talk about like the poorest of the poorest in the Caribbean, you talk about Haiti. When you talk about like the poorest or the most messed up of Black America, you talk about Chicago. So I feel like I got a double dose, <laughs> a little bit. Um, but um, I also come from my parents, and um, as we all do. <laughs> as we all do man and they were they were all right they 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 still together and um raised me right so i um i came up um uh, a little bit more privileged than a lot of a lot of my peers okay and how how far is uh your town from chicago, chicago? from like the chicago like you could, line you could walk like we had chicago public transit like, oh, okay, kind of like me growing up in Oxon Hill, and like I'm five minutes from the yeah. southeast DC Maryland line. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got um. So it was the first neighborhood to get crack projects integration. We had race riots at my high school. Um. Yeah, but I always try to rep Harvey. Okay. As much as possible, but people people know where Harvey is. Like Chief Keith can't go to Harvey. It's weird. <laughs> he got beef over Harvey. He got he got beef in Harvey. Okay, but but a lot of people that you think are from Chicago actually are from the south suburbs, okay, and surrounding areas and stuff like that. Okay, okay. Um, I wanted to ask you before I get into what Harvey and Chicago were like for you growing up. I want to ask about the Haitian population mm-hmm. in in Chicago. Um, I know. When most people, when they hear, when they think of Haitians in the United States, they think Miami and New York. Yeah, Miami, you know. New York, Boston too. Okay, I didn't know about Boston, but um, um, yeah, Chicago's number four. Okay, um, I think it's just because it's just so many black people is bound to have okay Haitians, but also um, a Haitian founded Chicago, Dusable. So he was a French Creole, whatever mm-hmm. Haitian black dude that um traveled up and down in Mississippi and uh was like yo this is a good place to settle and um actually um Chicago and um DeKalb County which is north right north of Chicago or mm-hmm. Wilmette Wilmette County or uh founded by black men okay yeah so we've been there okay <laughs> <laughs> can i uh go can i actually easily find some haitian food in chicago Nah, it's hard. I, uh, a lot of oh, them. Oh man, yeah. I'm never gonna have Haitian food. Yeah, <laughs> never. I lived in New York City and I still couldn't get couldn't no find. Haitian food I, even there. I think our marketing ain't right. Like they don't trust our food all the way. Like what? They might. They <laughs> might trust us to put a spell on somebody or like. Look. Yeah, America, carry some weight. But, Ameri- but Americans need to know more about Haitian, Haitian culture than yeah. just like you know some like. Voodoo or yeah. sac passe, yeah, you know what I mean. Got to get deeper. Um, like uh, Miss uh, Miss Universe was number three. Or yes, number yes, two. yes. She was. She was beautiful. I woman. do remember that. Um, yeah, man. I I. It's a great place, man. As 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 I joke around, um, I say it's one of the most beautiful, most ugly places on the planet. Chicago or Haiti. <laughs> <laughs> both both man I, I i rep both um i definitely made dc a home um and so it's interesting when trump got elected mm-hmm. um so like i'm a kid of an immigrant like 
was like, man, I don't want to be around this stuff. I got passport. Um, I was like, do I go to Montreal or do I go to Haiti? And I was like, ah, I don't feel like dealing with Haiti right now. So I'm going to go to Montreal. I'd rather go to the cold. And I love Haiti. Like, I rep Haiti. Mm-hmm. And I'll probably go um, spring break or something like that. But, like, my mental capacity for, like, bullshit, I'm, that's the first curse word of the day. It's like, <laughs> I wasn't having it. So I, I went to Montreal. I, I did, you know, my black French shit, like, ice, ice skating and eating and bar hopping and stuff like that like um i know the food is like that in montreal yeah the food is like that um but it's it's a huge immigrant population there mm-hmm. um i realize like like i like like when people talk about harvey or haiti they they are not talking about privilege they are not talking about access they are not talking about like you get no Suburb privilege from being from Harvey. You so, know what I mean? so what was your childhood like, or just even your your youth? Let me say that because you could talk about your childhood all the way up through your teen yeah. years. Um, uh, we lived in even a nicer. Well, like we lived in the city. My aunt was the first, um, I think, licensed black female pharmacist in the state of Illinois. Mm-hmm. Right, so. Um, she brought a house in the Burbs after she graduated, and uh, we all lived there, like deep, like one of the first black families in the neighborhood. And then, long story short, I guess she gave my dad a loan to buy a house, and he could afford Harvey, like that was the affordable spot. And um, it was all right because I had access to like my cousins. I would go to church with all white people, but like, like my immediate like day-to-day was like in-house Haitian and then outside black, black and black. Um, it was cool. I didn't, I didn't understand necessarily um, how we were different because mm-hmm. I knew I was black. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, like it wasn't until I like started kindergarten. I had a white French Canadian auntie mm-hmm. that lived with us. So I was like one of the few black people that had like white family members <laughs> in the hood and um that was interesting and so i was bilingual i spoke french and like none of my grandparents spoke english um so i have like skateboards and she would give me quote unquote white things like skateboards and um take me certain places mm-hmm. um like just like it's cool aunt um, I got to visit her in Montreal just recently. So my brother is gangster disciple. I don't want not anymore, but was. Mm-hmm. So, um, like Chicago, everybody's affiliated with something. Like I think we understand Bloods and Crips a lot more. Yeah, but it's more black people in Chicago than it is in L.A. Okay. So when you talk about black gangs and black organized crime and just organized crime in general, Chicago is the place to be. Um, I read a lot. It's a book called The Third Coast mm-hmm. that talks about Chicago being the heart of the mid, the heart of the United States in general. Like New York is New York, yeah. L.A. is L.A. Chicago is America. Um, How so? Chicago is America because it's like <clears throat> that's where all the wheat, corn, beef from Texas, Nebraska, Iowa, all that came to Chicago. Like. Uh, there's a stock exchange, like a commodities commodities exchange for like livestock and all that mm-hmm. in Chicago. And it's another good book called, um, geez, it's about the meat. Like a lot of people read this book and stop eating meat. Um, it's like Slaughterhouse or something like that. But y'all, you ever saw the show Shameless? Nah, never it's seen It's a Showtime yeah. show. Okay, so it's based in Chicago, but pretty much uh, all the stockyards were in Chicago. So they raised these cattle in texas kill it and slaughter it in chicago mm-hmm. and then sh- put it in cans and ship it to new york and everywhere else Wait, in the country shameless is that the one with the drunk father yeah with okay the, okay yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I watched yeah. a few episodes of that yeah, yeah I, you gotta get into it but um it's a little the, the show is a little bit more diverse than what chicago really is like chicago's the most segregated country city in america period like bottom line and i'm telling you like i grew up with a white woman in my house like that was really unique yeah um and so i think 
a lot of my experiences and things of that sort uh, come out of that. Like you were saying, like my artwork's really pro-black. Um, and so, like, I think I was raised really um, more so just conscious. Like my dad was an entrepreneur. He uh, used to videotape for Farrakhan. So okay. I used to, like, see Farrakhan speak as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you asked me about my childhood. My dad was also, like, a Boy Scout leader. So, like, I learned how to camp and tie knots and whatever. Um, some things were kind of off because, like, we were Southsiders. He would take me to Cubs games. He was like, we in America, you know, this we're going to do whatever. But it's kind of sacrilegious. But, um... <laughs> But in his ignorance... Y'all should have been White Sox fans. We should have been White Sox fans, right? Um, In his ignorance, um, that allowed me a lot of access to stuff. Because it never was like... I saw a post you put up. Like, if it's in your city and your tax dollars pay for it, it's for you. Yeah. And so we never... I never grew up understanding, like, oh, that's for black people. Or that's for white people. Or black people don't do that. Because we were Haitian. Yeah. And so... I didn't grow up going to black church. I didn't, I didn't, I missed out on gospel music. I, I missed out on Frankie Beverly and Mays. Mm-hmm. I missed out on what we considered a black experience. But as far um, as a black American experience. Yeah, the black American experience. But I'm understanding more and more that like the black American experience, I still can't do the WAP. I have no excuses. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh the what was kind of easy the why i just it's, I don't, it ain't too much to it i don't know i, I just still, <laughs> even if you can't get the like wobble part right you just, you know the motion i don't i don't want to learn the wobble <laughs> i think that's what it is can you do the electric slide barely what barely <laughs> barely I'm, okay. le- I'm letting y'all all know this today huh um i i can do i i can nah Okay. No, no, okay. No. Could you? Could you? Or did you ever juke dance? Now, if you say you could juke, but you can't do the right. other two. So <laughs> that's ju- ju- it's, juking. It's a, juking a, is harder. <laughs> yeah. Well, footwork is harder, and footwork is part of juke. But um, like I guess in go go's they back it up. Uh, they they girls back it up on the dudes kind of. They used nah, to. Do they, they don't really be doing that yeah, too much well, no more these days. Well, I could I so so juking could you you could have your just one your your one little step you know, and you know let a girl back it up on you like that. Okay, you know I I can get that, but no, nah, I can't footwork though. Okay, footwork is like uh beating your feet. Yeah, equivalent. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, yeah, like mouth sauce, mumble sauce equivalent. I go to these different cities. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I can get down. Okay. All right. So yeah. fast forward to your teen years. You're in high school now. You get a little more independence, I'm assuming. Yeah, man. Or you just took your own independence. Um, so uh I can get spiritual now. I had a couple of mentors here in DC actually. Um shout her out i could shout her out um my insurance agent um angela rosser um she saw me in nordstrom she was like come here we're about to do lunch i was like what she's like yeah we're about to do lunch and um i think she wanted me to be a she wanted to groom me to sell insurance she was like you're a charismatic guy people know you Mm -hmm. you put together well won't you sell insurance like car insurance i was like nah i'm just i'm doing this art thing you know she was like well you know just think about it. it's always there but she said um she's like you you your parents favorite kid i was like no nah, my parents said they don't have no favorites she said you you your parents favorite kid right <laughs> <laughs> like you sport you your parent and i was like um i was like no nah, no nah, my parents she was like let me tell you something you one of god's favorite kids and your parents just reflecting what god already put on you you blessed you got wings you flying right now and she was like you not you need to remember that you flying right now and um i'll never forget that conversation because um circumstance i ran into another mentor of mine mm-hmm. and I, I think i was trying to stunt trying to get some type of expensive luxury car he was like i ain't letting you buy a luxury car till you buy a house like let's go to baltimore let's buy some property let's buy like 
I was like, I ain't really trying to buy no house. He was like, well, it's there. Mm -hmm. Whenever you're ready to do it, let's do it. Let's buy a house. And I wish I took that advice. Um, I didn't take neither one of their advices, but they still rock with me. They still care about me. They still, like, always check in on me and stuff like that. So as far as my childhood, um, I think I was I was my parents' favorite kid. My dad, like, immigrant, mm -hmm. like, let me drive at 14, like, you know, like in Haiti, you know, you know drivers like you just drive, yeah. you know? So I learned how to drive real early. Um, so getting older, my dad started buying buildings in Chicago suburbs, mostly suburbs, like South suburbs. And, um, I see like people living in my dad apartment buildings with nicer clothes than me, <laughs> <laughs> nicer shoes than me. And I'm like, yo, pops, they paying rent? He's like, nah, you know. And um, I was like, you need to make them pay rent. And he was like, that's your building too. You make them pay rent. So I learned at an early age, if you want it, you better go get it. So I'll be looking at the calendar. It's the first. I'll go before the first. Yeah, uh, my dad said um, I was supposed to come pick up the rent, you know. And um, sometime it worked, sometime it didn't. I was like, I'll take food stamps, you know. I'll take whatever, you mm -hmm. know. Well, give me half, give me forty, because they was paying. It was Section Eight, yeah. So my dad was pretty much like, it's all in Section Eight, just paid. I'm good, you know. They ain't burning down the building. I didn't understand that back then either, but um, they were supposed to pay a portion too. Okay. And so, man, I was on a bike, I was in a car, I was jogging, I was on a bus, whatever, <laughs> knocking on doors. At the first of the month. So I was always entrepreneurial. Because my dad was entrepreneurial. But he was also loving, giving back. He'd stop off, take his coat off, put it on somebody, uh, put on put put his coat on like a homeless dude and mm -hmm. keep driving. I'm like, why why would you do that? Like he's like, you needed a coat. So um that's kind of what makes me who I am. I'm like real giving, real loving. Um Sometimes I feel like I care too much. And that's why I travel so much, because I got to get away. Yeah, yeah. I I can't be in one place too long, because I'll, I'll uh, get way too attached. Nah, I feel it. I'm I'm the same way, you know. I, I, I know I'm... I might not be very emotionally expressive, but, you know, I'm a very giving, loving person. Um, I just... Yeah, I just show it in my own way. You know, but um, so you've been so when did you start when did when did art become a part of your life? Like from the time you became interested in it to the time that you started painting yeah. or just creating. Let me say that because I don't know if you started off painting or not. Yeah. I, um. So uh, I was raised Catholic. Mm -hmm. You getting a whole biopic. This like new edition. Um. <laughs> Uh, so good middle class, um, family, um, my parents, cousins, like they all like play instruments or did something like you got to show off to the family. Right. Mm. So mom put me in piano lessons. I sucked at it. I, I just, I think something's really not clicking in my mind when it comes to rhythm and beats and stuff like that. Mm. Cause I, I would be a rapper or something. I don't know. No, I wouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't, but, um, so I was in piano lessons. Mm -hmm. My um, piano teacher was <laughs> Geronimo. Looked at me like rapper. Where um, <laughs> um, rap listener? Listener, rap listener, um, professional. Um, she was piano teacher. She was like, "You ain't been practicing." It's like, uh, yeah, I have. She was like, "Nah, like you haven't been practicing." So. When you really doing piano, you got to put in hours, put in the work every day in mm. order to get better. And she didn't see the improvement. And then she was like, you wasting my time. You wasting your time. And, like, you not going to make it far in life if you pretty much BSing. Mm. You know, like, it's either you putting in the work or you not. And I wasn't putting in the work. So she was like, what do you like doing? I was like, I like doing art. I was designing shoes. And, um. I mean, a lot of shoe designers. A lot, I, I know I know a lot yeah. of, let me say I know a lot of former shoe designers. Yeah, I think, I mean, for a young black dude, being a kid when Horace Grant, I mean, uh, Grant Hill shoes was out, like, 
it's weird because I didn't. I never thought I would be good enough to design for Nike. So I, I was making all these felas. I was like, yo, fila gonna be bigger than Nike. Um, and I really felt like that was that was um, feasible. So my mom was like, why you got all these sneaker designs? So uh, her husband was a legit artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a carpenter, Polish dude. This black woman married to a white dude. Once again, this theme going on like interracial love, mm-hmm. love everybody. So um, he he was a carpenter, woodsmith, locks. Um, his name was Mister Locke. Um, artist. So she was like, "I'm gonna hook you up with my husband, and you could do art with him." Mm-hmm. But my mom didn't want me to quit art lessons, so I got my dad, and I I learned agency real quick, like how to negotiate, how to do. It. I was like, "So why do you want me to do piano? Is it for me to do it or for my friend?" She was like, "I just want you to." like practice be good at something i was like i could be good at art mm. she was like well, if you put the same type of energy same type of dedication that what you would put into piano into art i'll let you do it and um and i did it so a lot of people play around with art or kind of but like at seven eight years old like i was putting two hours a day into art mm-hmm. um and then to the point where i got to high school you was asking me about high school i started um mentoring at the art program that Mr. Locke had. Okay. So originally I was too young for his art program, but they let me in anyway. And then, uh, yeah, I started teaching art and I'm still teaching art to this day. So it's a lot of life lessons from just being a shorty that just kind of grew into what I'm doing today. Okay. And early on, aside from say your family and, um, you know, any art teachers or whoever who kind of who pushed you to go harder with your art uh what artists influenced you early on haitian artists um so i know on your bio it talks about how like yeah your parents had a lot of art in the house art in yeah the house. and my family my mm-hmm. uncles in montreal my aunts like haitians probably got one of the sickest art collections out of anybody per capita like uh, based on like how much you make compared to how much art you own, like we are art collectors just by nature, mm-hmm. just by default. Um, and it's I got some interesting stories about that too, because um, I'm like the more traveling I'm doing, the more privileged I understand mm-hmm. I am. Like I got homies that can't leave the country because they behind on child support. You know what I'm saying? I got homies that can't leave the country because they got records. I got people out of the country that can't come to the United States for, for whatever reason. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's like, I got this passport. I got, I speak these languages. Let me do it. Mm -hmm. Let me, and let me find out. So, um, influences, um, all the artists that were in my parents, like we had wood carving, wood plates, like, wooden spoons like all handmade we had artwork in the house and i would recreate those and my mom was like what you know about those like palm trees and coconuts and whatever and i was like that was my way of like kind of maybe overcompensating but also just connecting Mm. with my heritage and my roots and um but the haiti i know is a lot more urban like those pictures are kind of like fan fantasy type pictures and and imagining what Haiti is, but like the real Haiti, it's a metropolitan city, just like Havana mm. or San Juan or or Cologne, Panama or mm. Dominican Republic. Like it's a city. You talking about Port-au-Prince? Port-au-Prince, mm. yeah. And that, that's all I know. I don't know too much outside of Port-au-Prince. My uncle is is the mayor of a city right outside um, at Carrefour. Mm-hmm. So that's like it's like Carrefour really mean the corner. It's like the bend. So it's the next big city right outside of Port-au-Prince. Okay. My uncle is the mayor. My mom's grandfather, great-grandfather, was the ambassador from Dominican Republic to Haiti. Mm-hmm. So he came to Haiti and then just planted roots there like that. So I kind of got, like, both sides or whatnot. Okay. All my mom's side of the family um, got Spanish last names. It's real interesting just that that – both the disconnect and the connection that exists simultaneously between Haiti and the Dominican Republic. Yeah. You know, it's uh, like Maryland and Virginia, you know, it's kind of like, 
Not nah, really. Nah, <laughs> they ain't killing people, right? Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> can't 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 make that comparison. Yeah. Well, you can't in a sense of like uh geography wise, mm-hmm. Dominican Republic is about the size or of the Or just how how can or I'll even say the comparison that you can make would be how many of the same influences are shared among D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. Yeah. But there's still a disconnect, you know, among the three. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's just stuff I try not to think about. Um, there's so many issues um, in this world. I feel like if I get stuck on one, I'm gonna go crazy. So is that why you um when it was time for college, you chose Howard? Uh yeah, no, Howard was an afterthought. So I did undergrad in Chicago. Okay. So eighteen okay. I moved to Chicago, lived in Chicago, mm-hmm. was all about Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um and we used to go is I'll tell you another story. You used to ask me about high school. So all my boys from high school, like so and my dad ends up, we moved to a better neighborhood. My mom's like, I'm tired of this Harvey stuff. My dad is like running a post office in a nicer suburb. Mm-hmm. No liquor stores, no no alleys. Like. That's a nice and, neighborhood. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but they, had, they had a wine shop? Um, No, no liquor at all. Oh, okay. it, was, it was dry. Um, and um, in 1997, I feel like my high school was 70% white. Okay. And two thousand one, it was seventy percent black. You were still in Harvey at this point. No, I was in I was in a new city. Okay. I was in South Island. Okay, it was about seventy percent white in ninety six, ninety seven, ninety ninety five, ninety six, seventy, and then there was a total shift. By two thousand one, it was seventy percent black. Okay, um, so it was pretty much a white neighborhood. Um, but all these black kids, I cried once. Um, one of my boys had the Sunday car that they took to church, mm-hmm. and then you probably had that in PG too or something like that, like the yeah, everyday. All right, so Chicago is real big on like caddies, big cars, nice cars. Oh, you mean the 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 car the the nice car that you save for the special occasion? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So it was like that Lexus is just for weekends in church. Okay, and I was like, what? <laughs> what? Like, now they might have had that in uh. In the parts of PG outside the Beltway. Okay, outside. Yeah, I, I'm from inside the Beltway. Yeah, you yeah. Know? <laughs> it's way different. Um, but like, all my boys had cars at 15, 16. Like everybody, they got their parents, like the the weekday car, okay, or whatever. So we like black kids with cars. We drive to the city, try to pick up girls. Like parking lot pimp, like do or die was real big. So like, mm. even though we lived in the burbs, like it wasn't like we was taking public transportation there. Like l- literally, you sixteen pulling up with a car mm. to the same high school R. Kelly pulling up to. <laughs> <laughs> you had to go there, man. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, try to holler. I don't know. This is like pre cell phone, so I don't even know what we was doing, like calling their houses and whatnot. But it, we joked around one time, and we go to White Castles a lot too, because it was twenty four hours, um, and we were underage. Um, we were like, "Yo, we won DUI from being a Harvey nigga," you know, like mm-hmm. that was like everybody doing good. Everybody go to a good high school. We like state champs and stuff like that. We won DUI from being a Harvey nigga, and like some. Some of the cat like nah, not like my solid like my solid core group. Everybody doing well, but like some dudes is Harvey niggas now. Mm-hmm. It's like you grew up in a pretty decent neighborhood, you know. I, I know, um, I know some people like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, to this day, I'm still. I'm just like, how did that even happen? Yeah, how did, that <laughs> how did this this shift in <laughs> whatever, man? All right, whatever. So you did under, but you did undergrad. In Chicago. Yeah, so I did one semester at Howard undergrad and then grad school. Okay, got it. So, yeah, just one. They made me uh, take all senior level courses. Okay. And then I did grad school at Howard. Um, great experience, best experience of my life. 
Um, don't regret it. Do regret the student loans. Um, I don't know anybody who doesn't regret them. <laughs> yeah. Even for, for even with affording you the opportunity to go to school, you know, it's still just the big white elephant in the room that you're like, I wish you get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> I got to yeah. do to get you out of here. Yeah. You know? My uh, older brother jokes around with me. He says, you are no kids balling. That's what he called me. Taking all these trips with no kids. But um I like that. No kids balling. No kids balling. Um need to hashtag that. No no kids balling. That 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 could probably turn ugly though. I could see all the memes <laughs> that would come from no kids but hashtag no kids balling. Yeah. I you could see the uh the, the 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 black lady with the high heels with the backpack that's leaving all the drama back in two thousand fifteen. Yes. Taking the stairs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Get that illustrator to do it. No kids balling. Um, yeah, so Howard, um, I, I came out here for a political conference. And yeah, I was going to ask you. Um, what? Yeah, how did that happen? Um, and shoot, I don't even talk about undergrad too much, but it, it was cool. But like Howard, I was, it was my senior year of college. It's the Mecca. It's the Mecca. To everybody um, who um, went to that other HU, it's Howard is the Mecca. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I I walked on campus. It was June fifteenth, and um, I was like, "Oh no, I'm going here." Uh-huh. Like I filled out an application right then and there. Yeah. No recommendation letters. Mm-hmm. They was like, "The application is due the eighteenth. We'll take it without recommendation letters." And I just did everything right then and there. Yeah. Got back to Chicago, sent my transcripts, and yeah, the rest is They history. accepted you, and you landed back here in yeah. D.C. Yeah. What was, what was your um? What was your um? What year was this? Let me ask. What year that this was? This was 05. 05. Okay. 06, 05, 06. Yeah. So I visited Howard in 05. So yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't living. I wasn't. I hadn't moved back down here yet. I was still in New York at that time. What was um? What was D.C. like? for you just coming as a, as a Howard student. Cause that's another, that's another cultural disconnect. Yeah. Howard and DC. Yeah. Um, one of the first things they told me is, uh, is two neighborhoods don't go to Anacostia and Trinidad. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I got to the yard. They was like, I, I, I can believe, I can believe that. I, I, I went to Howard too. I didn't finish, but, um, I was there in 2000. I did 2000 yeah. to 2002. And, um, it was, um, I was getting people joning on me in a playful way, but they were still joning. Like talking about me and my man, we had like we had the DC uniform, yeah. And I was just like, "Word, all word. black." Nah, we, what did we have when we was um this um uh, the 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 local streetwear brands were still popping. So, yeah, Sabiato. Sabiato, I wasn't really into Sabiato, but I did wear I did wear hobo shooters. Okay, had a little bit of madness, but um, okay, definitely wearing wearing all of that stuff. And yeah. so that was the DC uniform. Uh, what was popping? Um, I what we well, if you had style, yeah. you weren't wearing drop socks no more in two thousand, but you had okay. on you had on crew socks. Okay, okay, <laughs> you still had on the crew socks, so yeah. we had the long socks. Yeah, all of that. So that was that was that was. That was what it was like for me as somebody who's from here, yeah. But going to a place where you are uh, basically a uh, geographic minority, yeah, an outsider, insider, yeah, yeah, insider, outsider. They told you, not, they told you not to go to Anacostia yeah. and Trinidad, and you they know, selling houses. You know, there's people for who probably thousand now. There's people who still tell you not to go to Anacostia or Trinidad, even though Trinidad is in the process of yeah. continuous change. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know. So. And now I'm in Petworth, like, uh, yeah, man, it's it's weird. I I wish I bought something back then. Mm-hmm. I really do. I had the opportunity to buy something too. Uh, so I I ended up selling sneakers. That's something I left out in undergrad. I sold sneakers mm-hmm. and for a finish line. I don't even want to talk about them, but like, okay, I feel like about Kanye, uh, college dropout, like, uh, this slave ship. Uh, I told you I don't got rhythm, right? Uh, uh, get high, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, my spaceship, my spaceship, spaceship yeah. GLC. So that was big. I'm selling shoes. I'm sweating. I'm wearing khakis. 
Um, but I, I was actually a good salesman. Like people would come in. I was that dude uh, that like, can you hold these shoes for me, JP? Type of thing. And I had a ones on deck in the back. Like you see, if you needed shoes, and I think that's another way I started building relationships. Okay. So it's probably like if I ever write a book, it's gonna be like collecting rent mm-hmm. and then like understanding what social capital was because yeah. i wasn't giving people hookups i didn't have the opportunity i didn't have the pool to give people discounts but you could hold shoes people. i could hold shoes and I, I i uh what is that thing called i wouldn't say milked it but i really uh took advantage not really taking advantage i uh i used it to my advantage yeah right so like people knew I mean, if you could guarantee somebody a popular sneaker, yeah, like it's gonna be. I can't get you the discount, but yeah. you, I can make sure you get them. I make sure you get. That's them. just as good for a lot of people. Yeah, I make sure you get them. So then I'm starting to build relationships with people. I'm going to clubs. I'm like, that's you know, that's before art. Okay. Like, um, but I knew how to close deals. I knew how to follow through. Right. So a lot of people talk. I can get you the shoes, but can you really get them the shoes? Yeah. I could do the interview, but are you really going to show up for the interview? Right, so, right. Um, so all that stuff kind of put me to where I am now. Um, so you basically gave yourself your own business education. Yeah. Because it's something that I always, I've all, I always, I often talk about with, um, with other artists, um, as well as um, people who went to art schools and things like that, about how like the business of art and just being business-minded as an artist is yeah. not something that's really focused on. They don't teach on. that in art school. Yeah, that's not focused on. So, like, you you gave yourself your own education, just yeah. hands-on, that experiential education, you know. Probably. Yeah, real life. Yeah, yeah. So that, I'm sure, helped you out even more to be able to just, you know, build a name for yourself and sell your art. Yeah, so I jumped. She was, I jumped from sneakers to when I came to D.C., I started selling mortgages. Okay. So I really like knew the game. Like I almost felt bad um because um it's like oh five, oh six, oh seven, like they was handing out money for lo- mortgages. Mm-hmm. I think Ken Lay is his name. Our CEO made Oh, when they were when they were uh doing the uh the uh just the, the predatory lending. Yeah, predatory lending pretty much. So okay. like I was I was on A Street. Um I don't even know if I should say the bank or whatever, but I was getting these like they would tell us, teach us how to sell, sell home equity lines of credit. Was it? Um... Uh, we don't have to. It's just a couple <laughs> of banks over there, but um, you know these, you know, older black women that were like, I, "My house is paid off. I don't need a loan." I'd be like, "Yo, but you know, what about a rainy day fund? What about this? What about that?" And they're like. All right, I, I rock with you, JP. I'll get it. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, just get it. You only ain't got to touch the money. The money is to stay in the bank. Mm-hmm. You don't got to make no payments on it if you don't touch it. But the psychology behind it is if you got it, you're going to spend it. Yeah. And so Wells Fargo and, and everybody else. I mean, everybody know. Everybody know, man. Everybody everybody knew. So you ain't you you haven't revealed anything so, that people didn't already know, man. I thought you was going to uh, mention, say, like, Countrywide or something. Uh, they don't even exist no more. Yeah, man. <laughs> um... They would get these people to get these loans, man. People spend them. And, and I, I just couldn't do it no more. Okay. And then I got into teaching okay. after that. So you just, to, to I guess, to balance out the scales. Yeah. You know, make yeah. things right in the universe. Yeah. Like, I, let me go, let me go help some people out. Yeah. <laughs> no, let I. Me, let me be a, a, a servant to my people. Yeah. You know what I mean? I literally could be out here making money. Like, I was top 10 in sales. In the mid-Atlantic region. So you know you're like, you are an anomaly as an artist, right? Because a lot of artists, they don't have financial success. Yeah. You know, to that, and like, they don't even know, let alone they don't even know how to sell Yeah, anything. They just know how to create. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, you're an anomaly. You know that, right? I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I uh, I probably get hate from that too. Like I know it's cats out there. Like I could paint better than him, or I could draw better than him, or or whatever. But they don't have a whole package though. And uh, I think that's one thing I'm confident about. Like um, I'm going to speak at this uh, charter school 
about just DC art, DC murals, mm-hmm. and um, for free. But it's like those types of calls, I got to be honored to take too, because um, I can speak about my work. I know there's artists out there that can't; they can do the work, but they can't talk about it. Yeah, and you need to be able to talk about your work in order to um, share it. I guess share it, and it just, it, it it makes something that is can be intimidating for a lot of people, make it easier for people to connect to, you know, um, which is something I'm going to ask you about a little later. But um, definitely, I think you got to kind of get outside your ego thinking that, like, don't you see what I see? No, nigga. I don't <laughs> see what you see, man. Yeah. Tell me. Yeah. Because I see something different. I just want to make sure I'm interpreting in the way that you want it to want be, it interpreted. To be interpreted. You know what I mean? So, okay. So, you were still when you started teaching. Yeah. This when you started teaching. At, I think I'm still in school. I'm still at Howard. Still at Howard. You're yeah. in grad school by this point. Yeah. Okay. And you went to go teach in DCPS. DCPS. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because when I met you, you were at you were at Dunbar. Yeah. I was Dunbar. at Dunbar. Okay. And that gave me. I feel like that gave me like a, a a local experience or what they would call a native experience. Like, I saw I mean, the hot pickles in the morning. Hot. It, hot. It don't it don't get no more native of a work experience than working in dcps yeah <laughs> hot sausages for breakfast pickle eggs uh yeah slouch side i mean everything i think gogo was just going it was start it was starting this, this yeah. decline and 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 just like overall popularity yeah you know people with lot uh, youngins were like i want to rap yeah, because um, I think we literally were at the year where, like, a lot of kids, like, we were trying to get go-go bands for the, um, I guess, homecoming or whatever like that. And, like, half the kids wanted, like, hip-hop acts. Mm-hmm. And um, I found that kind of interesting, like, because I'm, I'm a sociologist by trade, like, mm-hmm. understanding people and how they think. And um, That's what you study in school? Yeah. Okay. So I took art classes at Howard. I okay. took art classes in undergrad, too. But your uh, but your degree, degree. Is, like is I have sociology. a master's in sociology, yeah, wow. on on um, African American. My thesis was on African American neighborhood satisfaction, how art um, and social capital plays in neighborhood development and satisfaction. Okay. And I didn't know. Like I that. I figured you, that you studied art, like your yeah. degree. You have a degree in art. Nah, nah. Um, I still get love from my professors at Howard, though. I was trying to sneak out. I started it. Mm-hmm. I didn't finish it. So. Mm-hmm. I get a call by my mom. She's like, when are you going to get a real job? When are you going to get this degree? And um, so I just, I had way more credits in sociology. So I just finished off. Um, But um, yeah, yeah. I studied at Howard. Okay. Okay. Um, now, now, now it's starting to make sense even more now. Now yeah. that you told me you have a sociology background. I, okay. I don't have an art school burnout. Okay. Yeah. You it, ever it, heard of that? No, I've never heard of that. You, you've heard of art school burnout? Um, so what happens is you go to art school and they tell you, you know, nothing and you have to learn about all these people and these techniques and you are nothing. Mm -hmm. And then they, they train you and however they want to train you, whatever style, Howard has a style. Um, every school kind of has a style, but there's also basics that you need to know the fundamentals and they try to, um, like work that street ball or that, that uneducated stuff out of you Mm -hmm. and then give you the basics start from there and work your way up so a lot of people come out uninspired and it's not about creating art anymore it's about graduating it's about um satisfying your professors Mm -hmm. and like i had like fun like i had a graduate art studio so like your so basically your art was was influenced by your work experiences and and just your your your, your childhood and my real life your real life a lot of people art is about art my art is about life you know what i mean and if so so you can know everything there is to know about art mm. but you don't know about life that's why you are interested that's why people don't want to talk to you but like if you know about art life is relatable and then you just put it in your art I'm telling secrets now, <laughs> but you still got to read a book. Like you still have to live that life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, you go teach at Dunbar high school. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit more about just that experience, you know, coming from, coming from 
South, South suburbs, South, Chicago. Yeah. Then you went to a corp. You went to Howard here. Yeah. And you went into a corporate setting. Yeah. And then you implant yourself into an environment. Because I want to say this. I've met a ton of people who come from cities, very blue collar, mm-hmm. less political than D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, these people are very black, mm-hmm. you know. And they always say to me, like, you know, black people in D.C. are a little different. Yeah. You know, and I asked them, like, what do you mean by that? You know, um, and I'm I'm, not, I'm a person, I'm not easily offended, you know, mm-hmm. but I so but I always want to know what people's thought processes are. Um, and they said, you know, it's just like it just seems like everybody here just gave up mm. on the city. You know, and that's an outsider's perspective. There's a lot of people here. There's a lot of blacks here who didn't give up on the city, mm-hmm. but it's also it looks as though there were a great many who did. You know what I mean? I think I think agency is important. I think um, privilege is important in a sense of of control. Mm-hmm. I, one thing that I really admire about DC is. Um, that they've always had like a black African American mayor, whatever, mm-hmm. in a fifty percent black city. Chicago was fifty percent black for a really long time, mm-hmm. and Mayor Daly, a white Irish guy from the South Side, was our mayor for my whole, pretty much my whole life. We had one black mayor, Mayor Harold Washington, who's like a, like he's up there, like Jordan Washington and whatever, but um, and Oprah, whatever, okay. but um, you. DC's always been able to um, have a black mayor. So I'm talking about the positive stuff or what I view as positive. Mm. Uh, I've always felt like in DC, if I got pulled over by a cop, I knew somebody that knew somebody that knew somebody Mm. that like the mayor was accessible. Yeah. The mayor would, you know, I used to, when I was at Howard, I used to jog with Fenty in the morning. Mm. Not saying he was the best mayor. He did everything right, but he was accessible. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, And I already understood what access was, right? I mean, he was coming when I worked at Bus Boys on 14th. He was yeah. coming in. You yeah. know what I mean? All the time. You know? So, a mayor being accessible, a mayor being touch of, like, um, black people working in the mayor's office, black, mm-hmm. like, Chicago's not like that. Like, you can get a bus job, that's about it. It's like 50% black city, probably 34, 30%. Don't quote me on these statistics, but police force, right? Mm. The fire department, mostly white dudes, you know, in a half well, black well, Chicago, city. Chicago's definitely, but is 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 more mixed racially though. Like up until maybe five years ago, um, or maybe even longer than that. Um, what was the percentage for when, uh, when you, for, for 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 DC's black population? Like seventy. Seventy percent, like the last time it was like really high. Yeah, because I remember back when it was like ninety. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know? Yeah, that's a real chocolate city. But but Chicago is the mecca of Black America. So at one point there was more Black people in the city of Chicago than the state of Mississippi. It's mm-hmm. a really good book called "The Warmth of Other Suns" that mm-hmm. documents the Great Migration. Mm-hmm. And um, sorry, I'm kind of clogged up um like the south the south side of chicago could be a city in itself mm. and the south side of chicago is 70 90 percent black mm. there's just a whole nother side of the city that's just as big that's just as white okay. um or conversely just as white and then like west side is kind of like black and Mexican mm-hmm. and then downtown just keeps getting bigger and better. I was silent because whenever you say mixed in Chicago, only thing that's mixed in Chicago is the popcorn, right? Uh, Garrett's, Garrett's uh, popcorn. it's diverse, but it's still segregated. Right. So, um, okay. What you meant to say is it's more quote unquote diverse. Yes, yes, yes. But yes. it's Chicago is literally the tale of two cities. And everything that we know, the Kanye, the Common, Twister, all that's South Side. A mm-hmm. little bit of West Side. Not the North Side. Like you see a black dude from the North Side, you're like, eh. <laughs> yeah. you might you you better off being from Harvey. Okay. You know? Okay. But um, but you're in DCPS, like what was your experience there? Um 
the lingo, I learned that real easy. We had a really good football team. Uh, we really trying to mentor and raise up young black men. Um, so the new administration took a chance on me. Mm-hmm. I was in school. I was willing to help. Um, they said, let's do it. Um, so we had like a, a, a male heavy staff trying to turn that school around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was the dungeon building. It was tough. Sell, doing mortgages remember, was a lot I, easier. I remember the dungeon building. Yeah. I remember it. Yeah. Um, it was a great experience. I was young. Um, this is like seven years ago, right? So I was seven years younger. I was probably five years older than the kids there. Like, I could relate to them. How interested were they in in the class, in, in the arts, in the visual arts? We, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I'm a lot better now. Uh, we just took the, so it was a dungeon, right? And we knew it was going to tear down. Mm-hmm. So I would have my class in the hallways. We would paint murals. We'll do whatever, man. I'll teach them just about the real art that I was doing, like outside in there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I gave them all I had, right? So um, it was dope. I think in 2010, I, I won like Art Educator a Year in D.C. Because mm-hmm. we just literally took this blank slate, dungeon-looking school, and then we just painted all over the school. Like, I didn't, I, honestly, I didn't know what I was doing, but it worked because the kids were in line. We didn't have too much trouble. We started um, Gentlemen at Dunbar. I think it's still going on till this day. Okay. It was like a men's gentleman club. Um, yeah, that was, was a dope experience. Yeah. But I was still young, man. I was so young. So <laughs> you said young. you was five years, five years older. Yeah. Than some of the students. That's crazy, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And how long did you do that? I was probably seven. I did that for two years. So I've been in DCPS for eight years, man. Just hopping around wherever they need me. What other schools were you in? McFarland Middle School. Um, when you then, when you were there, that's when you did the uh, the Chuck Brown mural. Yeah, right on the uh, yeah up there on the side of Sweet Mango. Yeah, the so, place formerly known as Sweet Sweet Mango. Mango. Yeah, um, that was once again we painted that school. We knew we were shutting down. Yeah, um, we just painted that whole school up, um, and then took it out into the streets too. Uh, and then I'm I'm on um I don't want to tell people where I work now, but I'm in Capitol Hill. Okay. Yeah. Keep it elusive a little. I don't want people to show up. <laughs> well, that that was that was news to me. I didn't know that you was down Capitol Hill. Um, you know, are you still over at a uh, AU at American? Adjunct. I don't have a class this semester. Okay. Uh, that's pretty. That's a I opened the experience too. It's like fifty thousand dollars a year to go there. Yes. Um. How, you can't fail kids there. Like, <laughs> um. So, um. That's an interesting experience too. Uh, I feel privileged once again. Every 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 step of the way, I've been feeling privileged. People have been gambling on me, and I've been like taking the ball mm-hmm. and, and trying to slam dunk it. Um real good experience um and learning experience too i think i know how to learn better now okay then i knew how to learn back then and and so what's the what what what's the uh the class what are the classes that they have you teach at american intro that's it okay the freshmen okay um but learning how to teach and learning how to learn will get you in every single door. Okay. So if I could sit you down right now, Geronimo, and, and teach you how to sell mortgages and loans, yeah, you don't need a business degree, nothing. You just need to know how to talk to people and input it in a computer. And the mm. computer does everything else, right? So I'm not calculating credit scores. I'm not. Um, 
seeing how much of a mortgage risk you are. The computer's doing that. Mm. The person is just the inputter. The yeah. person is just closing the deal. Yeah. And so when you learn how to close deals and you learn how to learn, you could do anything. Mm. So you could run a post office tomorrow or you could sell mortgages or you can paint. And a lot of artists not going to want to tell you that. But if I wanted to make furniture, I could do it. And I feel confident that I can do it. So with you continuing to drop all this knowledge on people, <laughs> is this is this is this why you say uh, some people aren't too fond of you out here? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I it's possible. Is, is it because you make it look easy? That might, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I fear that sometimes. Like, damn, am I making this look too easy? Um, uh, this real, this is like real, real talk. And I, I questioned myself. And then um, I read a book on that, too. It's called Upper Limited. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's called Upper Limited. And it talks about how when people shine, they don't want to shine. Like, you're like, oh, you fly. Them some nice tasks. Oh, them, them straight. Hey, it's whatever. Like, you don't want to say, yeah, I got this artist out in this. And you could hit him up and do it, too, right? Mm -hmm. So you get from a place where, like, Feeling and embarrassed when people give you compliments to like, or oh, you being, could do it too. Or just being real modest. Or yeah, or being modest. So yeah, yeah. So I'm guilty of that. Yeah. People people give me like extreme compliments with things and I'm just like, man, you know, I I try, man. You know, I do what I can. Yeah. You know, I never just hit them with I never hit them with or I'll just be like, Thank you. Yeah. You know, I've never ever been like, man, I mean, you know, I mean, it's me, you yeah. know. So you, yeah, you caught me at Maketo reading a book a while back before this show right here. Yeah, he was just like you at the bar just reading a book, and I was like, man, shit. I, low key, like real talk, knowing what reading is today in 2017, I couldn't read mm -hmm. five years ago, ten years ago. Like you were just you weren't reading, you weren't reading for comprehension, or no, nah, it's it's kind of like this, right? Like. If they were shooting, right, we could all run out of this building. Mm -hmm. We could probably get to, like, Shaw Metro Station mm -hmm. or whatever like that. But that don't make you a runner. Yeah. Being able to run don't make you a runner. Right. right? So I could read, but I wasn't a reader. Okay. And, like, a reading is like a stamina thing. Just because you could throw some punches don't make you a boxer. Right? So I'm understanding, like, it's that putting that time in type thing. Right? And so, like, a lot of us are putting time into social media. A lot of us are putting time into, I don't know, getting our hair done or whatever like that. But, like, literally, I'm teaching myself. I'm getting a woman's studies degree mm -hmm. on my own. I'm going to read these books. I'm going to make my own curriculum, and I'm going to learn it. And then, so, I went from African studies, like, got a legit degree in that, and then sociology, Got a legit degree in that. Then been working on art for 10 years. Got a legit degree in that. Man, you going to have me jumping around my whole order that I got for you, man. Because now oh, I'm like, I don't. No, you good, though. It's good. It's good. It's cool. It's cool. I was scared we wasn't going to be able to finish the nah, 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 we, we, we. I got this. That, I ain't going to be modest about it. I got this. <laughs> um, I want to talk about, I want to talk about that, how you just said, um, you just brought up woman's study. So when I met you, yeah. When it comes to anything like womanism, feminism, whatever word you want to use for it, or just really respecting women yeah. for who they are and as human beings, you know, um, that wasn't you. No. You were a totally different dude when I met you yeah. seven years ago, man. Yeah. Like, you know, like I was yeah. like, man, you know, Charles, man. He stayed with the jokes, man. <laughs> Every time I see this dude, he got a different joke. joke. I had to grow up, man. I wasn't a good image. You know, and then one day, maybe about a year or so ago, I see you on Instagram posting shots, pages of books that you're reading yeah. from um, feminist authors and what have you. And I was just like, man, that's all right, man. And, I, I, yeah. and so I wanted to ask you, well, do you do you have a preference on feminism or womanism or just a, 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 a leaning a, or thoughts on the word? Can we take a break? Yeah, yeah. Peace, y'all.
Just taking a moment to say thanks to everyone who's been listening so far and for letting your people know about the show. Even though we're still early in the game, we want to know what you think about the show. So go to alltheflykids.com and take a short survey letting us know who y'all are, where you're listening, and what you want to hear more of. It'll only take five minutes, if that. But we would really appreciate the feedback. Peace.